Let's pray. Lord, would you make your, your word, the things that are spoken of here in these scriptures, that you yourself said, may they come alive in our hearts. May you accomplish in us what you intend as we look into what you say. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I'm going to do something today I don't do very much. I'm going to preach on a text that wasn't in our lectionary. And so you may want to get your Bibles out uh, and turn to Luke 8. Luke 8. Um, I had the opportunity this week to go on a retreat, and it focused on the care of our souls. And what I want to do is I want to bring you some of the water from the well that I've been drinking from this week and share that with you because I found it nourishing for my soul. So in Luke 8, we're going to be talking about the parable of the sower. The parable of the sower, it starts in Luke 8, verse 4. Many of you know this already, but I'm going to read this opening part. It says, One day Jesus told a story in the form of a parable to a large crowd that had gathered from many towns to hear him. And here it is, verse 5. A farmer went out to plant his seed as he scattered it across his field, some seed fell on a footpath where it was stepped on, and the birds ate it. Other seed fell among rocks. It began to grow, but the plant soon withered and died for lack of moisture. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up with it and choked out the tender plants. Still other seed fell on fertile soil. This seed grew and produced a crop that was a hundred times as much as had been planted. When he had said this, he called out, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. So we're going to look at this parable with a kind of a question in the, in the back of our minds. What kinds of souls can receive the kind of life that Jesus offers? What kind of souls can receive the kind of life that Jesus offers? Now, uh, I'm going to start you out with a, a quote that comes out of an article in The Atlantic. It's by a psychologist named Gene Twinge, who studies uh, intergenerational um, behaviors and what different generations, how they behave as opposed to generations that come before or follow after them. And this is something that... that came out in the study that she did. It says, teens, and by the way, I think that this would probably apply to all adults as well. Teens who spend more time than average on screen activities, we're talking mostly smartphone, but computer, and are more likely to be unhappy. And those who spend more time than average on non-screen activities are more likely to be happy. There's not a single exception. 
All screen activities are linked to less happiness, and all non-screen activities are linked to more happiness. Now, I've got a, a question for you to think about. What does that say about our souls? What feeds our souls? Not content. Content and distraction do not feed our souls, right? Knowledge does not feed our souls. What does feed our souls? You and I were made for relationship. You and I were made for interaction. We, the condition of our souls has a lot to do with how well we can receive the kind of life that Jesus offers. The more we disconnect from that, the unhappier we'll be. Now, let's get to the parable. One day Jesus told a story to the large crowd that had gathered. A farmer went out to plant a seed. As he scattered it across the field, some seed fell on a footpath where it was stepped on. And the birds ate it. Now, this is meant to describe the condition of our souls. What kind of soil in this? How would you describe this soil? Hard. Packed down. Anything else? Would bear, bear, yeah. There's nothing, nothing growing in it. Dry, trodden, stepped on. I think we can identify with that when we feel like we've been stepped on. It, you know, it inhibits the the growth of good things in us. How do our hearts become hard? Well, one through disconnecting. Our hearts become hard when we're not. You know, uh, you know, tilled up and, and, and uh, sifting through our hearts and in our relationships. Relationships, y'all, as life-giving as they can be, aren't always easy and pleasant, are they? And that's one of the things that's good about them, actually. Because when we have good, open, vulnerable relationships with each other, it really provides some sort of a sifting process in our hearts, in our souls. We have to think through relational things. Why did I say that? Why does that get under my skin? Um, what could I have done differently? Oh, why does she bring me that much joy? I ask that about my wife all the time. Don't you? That's right. Amen. We, but, but so often we'll make a choice. And it's usually because we've been hurt or because we're scared of something to protect ourselves. And we withdraw from relationships when we make that choice. We keep them at arm's length. There's distance there. And when there's distance, we aren't sifted as, as well. And we say things like, I'm never going to let anybody treat me that way ever again. Or we say things like, I'm not, I'm not going to let anybody see who I really am anymore. Uh, I don't trust others to care for me. And when we do things like that, when we make those choices and, and keep relationships at arm's length, 
then, then uh, we put ourselves in a position where we can grow harder. Hearts are hardened in isolation. Hearts are hardened when they're behind walls. So what do we do to soften our hearts? You know, hard ground, this ground could be fertile soil if it were, what? Tilled, broken up. And, and, and you put water and fertilizer in it, right? And mix it in. And it could become good soil, right? It could grow a lot of good things. Hard hearts need to be tilled as well. We need to, to be able to risk even pain in order to find the nutrients for our souls that come from the relationships and working through things that, that God has provided for around us. It's risky to be vulnerable, isn't it? It's risky. And how many of us have been hurt when we've been vulnerable? I better see everybody's hand because we all have. We all have, but we can't give up. We need that in our lives. If we get to where we don't trust other people and we're not risking and we're not vulnerable, then we risk having hard hearts. Hard ground can be made into rich earth. Hard hearts can be made into soft hearts as well. But it takes vulnerability. It takes being willing to be broken for that to happen. Other seeds, Jesus says, fell among rocks. It, it began to grow, but the plant soon wilted and died for lack of moisture. And in a few verses, you know, Jesus explains a little bit more about that. Uh, he tells us that, that the roots couldn't go deep. That, that it didn't have deep roots. Now, roots do two things for a plant, whether it's a small dandelion or a big, huge oak tree. Roots do two things. One, roots anchor it in the ground, help to keep it upright. And the second thing that roots provide is nourishment. Roots go down to where the water is and where the the nutrients are in the soil and, and bring those into the plant, right? Now. Where it's shallow, where the roots can't get down and go deep, then the plant's going to have a hard time staying up and the plant's going to have a hard time getting fed. Agreed? Now, let me tell you something, people. Some of you may need to hear this and this is all you need to hear this morning. We're not shallow. You were not made to be shallow. You were made to have depth, and you have it as long as you allow it to be plumbed. Um, too, too often we, we look at the hundreds of friends that we have on social media, you know, the thousands of followers, the thousands of likes that we get, and we try and, 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 and derive from that the nourishment that we need in our souls, but it isn't enough. When you are that broad, you're that shallow. It doesn't provide the depth that we need to actually uh, find solidity and find nourishment. Uh, How many of these friends and followers 
would come and cry with us when we mourn. There's a, a proverb, I've heard it as a, 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 an Irish proverb, I don't know if it is or not, that says, to share a joy doubles it. To share a sorrow halves it. Joys shared are doubled. Sorrows shared are cut in half. But you have to have somebody to share it with. Uh, we should be cultivating depth. We should be cultivating those relationships in our lives with whom that we can share the joys and the sorrows. We should cultivate those relationships where we can share depth of understanding, of character, of devotion to God and to others, uh, to ideals. For us to receive the kind of life that Jesus wants us to have, there are going to be times that it's not easy. There are going to be times that the passion which has caused us, you know, to, to grow in a, a growth spurt, you know, the plant grows, but then it wilts because the passion disappears the, in your marriage. The passion disappears in your spiritual life. And, and it's not easy to keep going because the roots aren't deep enough to feed. And those are times that our roots need to grow. Uh, one of my favorite songs says, all the roots grow deeper when it's dry. And those times in our lives when you find that it's dry, oh, let it be something that causes you to seek even more. The depth and the unsearchable riches of God and the relationships that he's put around us that are more than friends and followers on Facebook, you know? Uh, keep seeking. Keep trusting. Keep praying. Keep being faithful. Those are things that make roots grow. Roots that will find nourishment for your soul. Uh, James, this is why Jesus' brother uh, wrote, you know, chapter 1 of, of his famous letter. He said, uh, these are the times that we can have joy because we know that when we persevere, we're going to grow. And when the passion goes, the easiest thing to do is just to stop and to back off. But folks, I'm challenging you to keep on persevering in those Relationships Keep on persevering in following those ideals and those, that obedience to God because those are things that will make you grow and make your roots grow deep. If your hope seems small, if your passion seems flat, if your confidence is low, keep seeking God. Keep praying. Keep trusting. Keep being faithful. You are not shallow. You're called to deeper things. Jesus continued, said, The other seed fell among thorns that grew up with it and choked out the tender plants. So there are, uh, there's other soil. There are other. We, we, we get in situations where, where the ground is, is filled with weeds and thorns, and the things that matter 
get choked out if we're not careful. How many of you have ever been a, a gardener, whether it's a flower garden or a backyard garden or, you know, you, you or your family has done that kind of thing? What happens if you don't weed? You don't get much fruit out of it, do you? Yeah. Um, you, you have to weed your garden. And folks, you have to weed the garden of your soul. You have to tend to it, to curate it, to, to only let things into it that are good for it. And to weed out those things that detract from it. The good stuff that God wants to grow in us gets choked out by worries. Jesus goes on to say, he says, worry chokes this stuff out. And worry about your bills or worry about your, your health or your relationship issues or what kind of success you have or don't have at school or at work. You know, those kind of worries choke out the things that give life. Uh, also, he's, Jesus says that riches and pleasures choke out the things that God wants growing in us. And we say riches, we're not rich. Oh, people. Compare yourself to the rest of the world. You are rich. You are wealthy. Do you realize that on your TVs, you have channels that show nothing but commercials for the things that you can buy? And we watch them? We watch them. We didn't even know we needed that until we see the commercials. The infomercials. Those commercials are so long, they have their own category. And now we need it, you know. I, how else am I going to wash my car if I don't have the sham whammy? <laughs> how many of us wash our car anyway, right? But we don't have the sham whammy. We better, get, you know. And our souls get choked out by our riches and, the, and our pleasures. We put a lot of focus on distractions in our society. This is a huge distraction. This is a huge distraction. I've used it as a distraction. I've used it intentionally to keep me from thinking through, why am I angry? Why am I disappointed? I've used it that way. I'm, I don't know if you all have or not. And we focus on things like how much better it would feel on our bottoms to have the soft leather instead of the, you know, the, the cloth seats. For those long road trips, right? And we get distracted by all these things. A guy named Richard Foster said, superficiality is the curse of our age. Because we major on the minors. And it chokes the life out of us that God wants us to have. A well cared for soul will weed the garden out of these distractions, the worries, the fears, the riches. These things aren't as deserving of our time and attention as the things that bring God's peace and plans and wholeness. In order uh, to pursue depth in our relationships, you have to weed your garden. Still, Jesus says, other seed fell on fertile soil. 
fertile soil, if we compare it to what we've already learned, fertile soil is soft, it's broken up. Fertile soil has water. Fertile soil has things removed from it that are distractions. Fertile soil has depth to allow roots to grow. It's weeded. And this seed that's planted in hearts like that, the things that God wants to do in you, if you have a heart that's soft and a heart that's well-tended and seeks after depth, that kind of heart is going to produce fruit even a hundred times as much as it's planted. It overflows. It, it takes a lot of care. <coughs> But if you and I are the soil, we're responsible for creating space within us that God can work in. You and I are not responsible for making the seed grow. You and I are responsible for giving it a place to grow. And if you and I will give it a place to grow, maybe if we water it, maybe if we seek after it, God will bring growth in us. You cannot make yourself grow, but you can give the space to God for you to grow. He can't do that in hearts and souls that are hard and shallow and overgrown. That's our responsibility. Now, the last thing I want to point out is... uh, is about the seeds. And this, this came up in our small group on Friday. I hadn't really thought about it like this. But imagine that you lived 2,000 years ago about the time of, of Jesus. And imagine that you and your family were going out. Uh, it was time to plant. And so you're going out with a bag of seeds. And, and you're going out with, with your dad to plant. How, however old you are. Maybe you're a, you know, a teenager or child. But you're going out to plant with dad. And it's time to spread the seed. And, and think about if you took a handful of seed and threw it down on the hard path. Do you think your father would be pleased with your choice of how you sowed seed? Why would you waste seed doing that? What about if you took your seed and you threw it where, where it was rocky and shallow? Do you think your father would be pleased with that? Probably not. That's not the place to get the return. What about if you threw it into the weeds and briars? Would he be happy? And yet, Jesus says, you have a father that even is so generous and extravagant in how he puts seed in our lives that he will continue to put seed in places that you and I think that's, that's just wasteful. That's excessive. And yet God continues to spread seed, even to hearts that are hard. God continues to give seed, even to hearts that are overgrown, even to hearts that are shallow. God is that extravagant with the hope that he wants to offer to give us reason to tend the soil of our hearts. I've never really looked at that before. How extravagant is the love of God for you and I? To show us that we are not without hope. I'd always looked at this parable and said, well, there are four kinds of people and three of them are out of luck. 
But because of the extravagant love of God, we're not. We're not. Because God is into transformation. And God will help us to weed our gardens and break up our, our hard soil and bring fertilizer and, and get the rocks out because of his great love for us in Jesus. That's what he does. So in whatever state you find yourself, whatever soil you think you might have in your own life, know that God is for you and will work with you to make it into good soil which will produce the kind of life that he wants for you. A life full of Jesus. And when he had said this, he called out, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Let's pray. Lord God, where we have hard hearts, would you be at work in us? Help us to break those up. To soften them with the water of your Holy Spirit. Help us to trust a few people with whom we can be vulnerable about our hurts and fears and joys. God, where we have shallow hearts, help us to delve deep, to persist in seeking you and honoring you and being faithful in our relationships. To look for deeper answers and deeper questions. Oh God, where we have distracted, overgrown hearts. Help us to weed our gardens because more does not equal better. And we need to get rid of distractions and the things that damage our souls. Help us to have hearts where your best blooms in our life. According to your mercy in Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen.